welcome back to part two of the Meet Your Hosts episodes of Brewing It Over, where you get the chance to learn a little bit more about me, Hannah Davis, and my wonderful co-host, Grace Talbot. If you didn't catch the first part, then I recommend going back and listening to that. We released that a couple of weeks ago, and here we are with part two. Enjoy. Okay, well, I'm coming back at you with another mm-hmm. question. When we interviewed Gabriella Parfait, the incredible uh-huh. Brazilian coffee producer and importer and uh, all around wonderful person, she said something which really resonated with me. She said that your buying power is a weapon. And I like it really stuck with me because uh-huh. I think that I that's something that I like hold true. I like to buy things from companies that have the same ethics and values as me you know but buying local independent not buying too much stuff um buying stuff that's quality that will last all of these kind of things are like really important to me for example just a little shout out to umishizo because i've got my umishizo mug today repping all the queer brands on this uh, podcast uh we we love umishizo and their beautiful gay spoons and big mugs I know or believe that you feel the same about uh, brands that you buy from. What are your top three favorite brands or artists or makers? Is this or, like, yeah. oh, wow, top three. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I think it's worth noting, uh, dear listeners, that I live in a place called Froome, which is in Somerset. We're a tiny little marketplace. And um, Froome is what I would describe as uh almost aggressively independent like there's one sort of cluster of chain shops and then apart from that it's pretty much all independence so we've got you know a bunch of really lovely independent coffee shops i would like to shout out projects Frama, moon to rye they're all local businesses run by like people who live in through and in addition to the coffee offering they always do something else so like Frama, he um like has artwork there he sells lots of beans he his wife grace actually does loads of work related to menstruation so if you're fruit based like chat in with grace projects they are retailers of girls who grow coffee and they also sell like really amazing vegan um cinnamon buns and rye they do like pizza that will change your life and bread that will change your life so I think in terms of like wrapping my brands these might not be universal because I try really to the best of my ability to support local mm-hmm. um so maybe what has to happen is that everybody needs to come along to Froome because you now all want to visit all of these coffee shops that I've just told mm-hmm. you about but in addition to that Froome is like a really wonderfully creative place and on the first Sunday of the month we have an independent market so it's like local businesses local makers and you have to be local to be able to exhibit in the market or sell in the market and it's Mm -hmm. a whole host of people so in particular would like to shout out dark matters who make vegan brownies they are like so dense it does take you about 45 minutes to eat like half um but for me like absolutely beautiful Uh, especially to share it with like a really nice filter coffee, like a proper juicy coffee with these super Mm. dense brownies. Ah, don't even get me started. And then there's also, um, I I hate saying this out loud because I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. So listeners, I apologize. But Omagi, Omagi, O-M-A-G-G-I, 
listeners Omaji, tell me my pronunciation, please. Yeah. They yeah. make Omaji, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, their branding is absolutely epic. It's beautiful. And for another thing, they make cannoli. And like, mm. I can't eat cannoli. I'm vegan. But I buy it every time they have a stand at the festival. I buy it for people I know because the smell alone. And, you know, <laughs> they do t-shirts. So I can, I can wear the t-shirt. It's like a cool lemon. Um, so, yeah. I realise I've just done both food ones. Maybe I should do a, who is, ah, jewellery. Mm-hmm. This necklace is make, mm-hmm. made by a local jewelry maker slab that's double b slab jewelry uh does loads of like upcycling and like they're quite expensive pieces but they will last forever and they're really cool they all kind of got a bit of a like gothic edge just lots of like tiny skulls and spikes and moonstone and they generally have a stand at the market and they also uh, can buy their stuff through skull and dagger which is a tattoo studio in Froome that also sells like artwork um and like big wood carvings wood prints that are amazing basically all of these brands are like come come to fruit i've seen you wearing lucy and yak a... clothes trousers etc oh yeah come on we've got to do a shout out yeah, for lucy and yak. Like, i can't think of anything i buy <laughs> Of course. I mean, as as crowd querios, I like I feel like it's part of my uniform. But uh Lucy and Yak are fantastic. The clothes last forever. They mm-hmm. always make you feel happy. And do you know what? As a social experiment, wear something Lucy and Yak and tell me that nobody comments on it. Because every <laughs> single time I have worn either like Lucy and Yak jeans or dungarees or whatever, somebody it makes somebody else happy and they will tell you. Yeah. So yeah. I want I want reports back from people. Tell yeah. me about your Lucy and Yak experience. Do it. Leave it in the comments below, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Tag us in a picture of you and your doggos. Come on. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I I have um I have a question that may be more personal, and like obviously we can edit out if you don't feel comfortable answering it. But I did wonder if you would be happy to talk on your experience as like an openly queer person who owns a business and has a child and how I can only imagine it's difficult to navigate all of these things. But if that doesn't feel like a question you're comfortable answering, I have I have one related to food that's way more lightweight. <laughs> I haven't always been openly queer. I, I've been, I, I knew I was bisexual from a very young age and or thought I was bisexual. I, I, I still have a bit of a feeling that, you know, uh sexuality is quite fluid <laughs> and I, st- I still yeah. haven't really landed on a, a label which is why I tend to say that I'm queer mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't openly queer for a very long time because I just chose to kind of live the very easy life of uh, a straight woman and I mm-hmm. dated men for most of my life um because I was scared of being out and and gay and embracing myself I just kind of created a totally different person and played that role for my whole life which on another day would probably um, make me cry but I'm I, like I said I'm in a position where I'm in a pretty good place right now and I'm so happy that I've got to this point where I actually finally realize who I am and I am yeah openly out and proud and happy to um, be like part of my community but also to be like a huge ally for it and do everything that I can to like yeah promote how wonderful our community is and in terms of challenges I suppose I don't know what my challenges are as a business owner that's queer I don't know that I really have any I don't I I feel accepted in our community I don't feel like 
anyone's treating me differently. You know, in the coffee community, I don't think I'm being treated differently yeah. for um, based on my sexuality, which is incredibly like privileged position to be in. I know. Yeah. What was what was the rest of the question? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. I mean, like it's open to interpretation because it sounds like really the challenges kind of came before you were mm. out. Yeah. If you know what I mean, that like. Mm-hmm. Because for me, as as I say, like I I knew who you were before last year, but like we actually only really got to know each other last year, mm-hmm. and there's always been like um, a sense of security that you give out to me as a person who's queer. That mm-hmm. it's like a a concrete fact, whatever the label you're choosing. It's like I, this is why I love the word queer because for me it feels so open and encompassing of that of that thing where you're like I'm fluid, I'm I'm here, I'm all over the place. But um, there's also a bit like a joy in your queerness as well. Like even little things like having the, when I think it was the first time I stayed in Manchester with you and like having the gay chopsticks and, and like we got this feedback after Extracted Development as well, like using the platform of Cup North or Extracted Development to like advocate for other queer businesses is a very subtle way of having that allyship, but also the specific brands you're celebrating. There's such joy in them now. And perhaps this is, like you say, we're quite lucky in our industry to have this acceptance because, mm-hmm. you know, like we are here, the t-shirt you're wearing, there's a real joy in queerness that comes through on it. So perhaps it was a redundant question, but I was initially thinking that like traditional perceptions of being like queer being a woman being a parent are all that they are difficult they're they're additional tasks on top of being a business owner which is in itself difficult so Mm -hmm. I was wondering if there was an interplay between them that you had found particularly challenging like do you have to assert yourself as a business owner first more so because you're a woman or because you're queer and and how does that relate to your like role as a parent then because it's hard it's hard to always like have to be on and now you're managing a much bigger team as well and then you've got a mm-hmm. child at home and so you know, it's quite a personal question really like basically tell me how your life's going <laughs> yeah well I think in the way that they all those things interplay with one another is that having those challenges benefits my ability to do the other things because I've constantly it's mm. kind of striving to like to overcome like small challenges and mostly parenting to be honest uh it's just really hard work and um yeah and so all of those things kind of inform each other you know the more I get better at certain things like you know there there might be some skills I'm learning as a parent that kind of are relatable to like managing a team of people that can like help me um and they sort of interplay in that way um and, you know, we, as a company, we dropped down to a four-day week earlier this year, well, it was the very start of the year. And the reason for that was, you know, primarily personal, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, obviously, I wanted to be able to create a company that does a four-day week, wonderful, like, that's great for my staff. But the reason why I got to that idea was because, hang on a minute, I am struggling here. I need, like, I need more time in my life to not be at my desk and to not be parenting. Yeah, I think I've, I guess I've, because of the way that Cup North has grown sort of quite um, slowly over the years, I've learned a lot of lessons on the way and been able to kind mm-hmm. of grow it in a way now that works really well for me. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my late 30, well, I'm 38. So I've learned a lot of lessons and I'm able to kind of apply those 
to the business and to kind of my other challenges. Mm. And also, I'm a bit of a hard nut. <laughs> I like things that are hard. I like. I don't make my life easy for myself. Like that's kind of how I roll, you no, know. That's true. <laughs> so it's you know that's part of my <laughs> character. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you are incredibly hardy. Yeah, amazing. Perhaps the question should have been then: What would you like to celebrate about your experience as a proud queer business owner with a child? That's the question we should have asked. Let's not focus on the challenges. Let's celebrate it. Because, yeah, it's remarkable what you've done. And I like having just come off the back of Bowen Coffee Master as well, I can't tell you how many times I said, I believe Hannah used to do this on her own. Like, <laughs> you, you do not make your life easy. Like, how do you get it? How, like, you, you, how your brain could keep all of those thoughts inside, <laughs> let alone, and then turn it into like the amazing festivals that so many people have loved before like the team grew. Just, yeah incredible wow thank you but just to say that the festivals are so much better now <laughs> there's a team of us they were good before but they were like they're a hundred times better now so yeah <laughs> um yeah thank you very much i do appreciate we, that we do have a very lovely team yes we do yes well, thank you for everyone. all your work okay we're, we're bringing it back to the coffee industry a little bit now so okay um, okay uh um, probably like most coffee people in my head I've got this idea of my dream cafe so you know when I finally get round to having like a spare 100 grand and the ideal shop and yeah. I've got time and yeah. all of this then and I've energy. got like my dream cafe it's like in my head and I had like a night last week where I was I couldn't get to sleep and I probably spent about an hour thinking about like the menu and what coffee I'd get and the equipment mm -hmm. and what color I'd paint the walls what music would be on all of this like random stuff it's like come on Davis go to sleep <laughs> um and it got me to thinking that I reckon pretty much, well, maybe not everyone in specialty coffee has this dream, but do you have a dream cafe? And if you do, what what is it like? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we are very similar people because this is quite often my like go to sleep technique is plan <laughs> my uh, dream coffee shop. Uh, yes, yes, of course I do. And um, so a running joke in my life is uh, how would you describe Grace? she can make anything a feminist issue uh but that's because i believe pretty much that everything is so i would like mm -hmm. if i was making a cafe i would at the core of it like it to be a feminist space um mm -hmm. and then it, with the experiences i've had with endometriosis my dream cafe is actually um grow and flow which would be a specialty coffee shop that celebrates uh, female-owned businesses, so not just the coffee producers, but also you know, like tea. I'd really love to advocate for more tea, uh, female tea farmers. The soft drinks that I sold more, sort of female and uh, non-binary business owners, and then the space itself. In addition to being a coffee shop, in a dream, dream, dream scenario where I apparently have just all the money and resources and time in the world, I'd really like it to be like an educational and safe space for anybody who wants to know more about uh, menstruating. I'd like to have like free or heavily discounted resources like moon cups, tampons, pads, um, heat pads. Like as I am doing this talk today, I've got my 
loyal beaded heat pad that has done me so well and have those available in the cafe space so that if you were having like a flare up or a cramp that you could come in and like microwave your little pillow and have like a safe space and then on top of that I'd like to be a bit political with it so I'd <laughs> when you talk about the decoration my dream is that the chairs would have what looked like um blood stains so that like fear that we all definitely had in our youth of like standing up and being like oh god have I bled through my trousers and have I left a mark on the chair which like did happen to me at college I had to like call my mum the one time because I'd bled through everywhere and it was just this like at the time felt really really humiliating experience and I'd love to just completely flip that and have it that like you know the trousers that I wore to work there already looked like I'd bled through them and that the seats already looked stained with blood because really what what are we so afraid of Mm-hmm. You know, like we as the people bleeding have to confront it every time we go to the toilet. And because societally we're told to be like embarrassed and ashamed and it's, they're called sanitary products for God's sake, like it's dirty. Yeah. Like I'd love to just get all of that out and create a space that isn't celebrating periods necessarily because I think that has a false sort of positivity that also denies you the opportunity to say like, this is hard and I am struggling. But to, be honest about the experience of it so my dream coffee shop would would be that I'd love to have like you know like instead of a book club a like period club where maybe parents could come and learn a bit more about what to expect for their children uh people there could be like an anonymous drop box where people could ask questions and hopefully we could like line up with local health services who could actually answer them and yeah as I say I think it's like a drink cafe that requires quite a vast number of resources but you know that that's the concept (laughs) and like all the like food like it would be a very simple menu but like say you had like donuts that like bled you know like jam donuts cannoli that looked like it had a tampon in you know like make it it all the period things (laughs) yeah Loving it. This is a very well thought out concept. You've spent yeah. a lot of time, a lot of sleepless nights thinking about this one. <laughs> I've, oh, just, I've, I've even got the brand drawn. Like I've got a notebook that's full of it because oh. I'm packing at my house and I found all of like the designs and like, oh, you could sell CBD because CBD can really help with flare ups, you know. And then that was the whole thing. That's why it's grow and flow because I'm a big advocate for CBD. Um, it, and it's reportedly quite a useful sort of product for people who have uh, menstrual pain. So, yeah. Grow and flow. You heard it here, folks. Oh, no. What a concept. But anybody who is listening who actually does have the resources to do it, I'm not precious mm. about this idea. Like, if you could do this, do it because mm-hmm. the world needs it. I needed it. Like, mm-hmm. my cousin's children need it. My niece's nephews need it. You know, like, I, I'm not, I would put this idea out there to better, more talented, more connected people. Make this happen. I'll be your number one patron. Get in touch Sorry. now. <laughs> cafes. What's your dream cafe? Or is this going to be I'm not sure of my dream cafe concept. In my opinion, it's the best cafe uh, concept ever to grace the earth. So I'm not sharing all my ideas. <laughs> Is it a period cafe called Grow and Flow? Is that why you're not sharing it? You know it. <laughs> That's the thing, though, isn't it? Because the longer yeah, you work in ideas. the industry, the more cafes you go to, the more you see what works and what doesn't, and you're like, this is not working. Mm. Oh, it should be done like this. And yeah. Part of it as well. Yeah. And you see how trends change as well. Like things that mm. worked really very well when I first started to get interested in coffee 
Um, it was like prime, uh, what I call wanky barista era. But it was that, it was that peak, like, you know, like we, we're going to tell you off for mm-hmm. wanting skinny milk or whatever. And that was like, uh, like bizarrely, now that was a successful business model for specialty at one point was like a, this authoritarian, like, we will tell you how to enjoy this. And we will tell you the TDS, even though you don't know what it means and, and all mm. of this. Whereas now that wouldn't really, I mean, it certainly wouldn't work where I live, but I think generally no. it would be hugely successful. No, no. I'm glad we're past those days because that's well, just the peak of inaccessibility, yeah. isn't it, for coffee shops? So, And that's a whole yeah, other podcast yeah, as well, in totally. my opinion. <laughs> Again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Franchise egos. Well, I have really enjoyed this hour of chatting and getting to know each other yeah. a little bit better and yeah. uh, sharing, well, you know, sharing ourselves with our audience. Uh, we'll be back soon with a regular episode of Brewing It Over. If this is the first time you've ever listened to Brewing It Over, then the normal concept is that we invite guests on who have previously spoken at one of our events and we have a little chat with them, get them to open up about some of their experiences and then get them to chat a little bit more about their talk that they delivered at the event and then we close the podcast with a recording of that talk. So it's a really good way to engage with the content from our events if you don't manage to get to the event or if you're at the event and you didn't see the talk then uh, yeah we have these recordings and they're amazing I've personally really enjoyed the opportunity to revisit the talks because we're you know we're normally busy at the events we don't get to listen to the content and we really have some yeah just really uh what is the word is gone but anyway knowledgeable folks amazing yeah people who know knowledgeable their fields yeah so yeah it's uh well worth listening and we'll be back with our normal format next time but thank you for listening and you know where to find grace and i if you have any questions on anything that we've spoken about today we're both more than happy to talk more about being uh part of queer community being a single parent and uh, having endometriosis as well so thanks very yeah. much gang yeah hit us up we love it thanks so much for listening to part two of meet your hosts of brewing it over we had the best time sharing a little bit more about ourselves with you our wonderful listeners if you would like to meet grace or i in person come and say hey at the upcoming manchester coffee festival and don't forget to like subscribe and if you want regular updates then go ahead and follow us over on instagram at brewing it over our next episode is a brilliant chat with georgina jarrett we'll be releasing that in two weeks be sure to tune in to learn a little bit more about the fantastic projects that georgina is involved in and we'll catch you next time bye